Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Inner Healing After Narcissistic Abuse podcast. My name is Jasmine, your host, and today I have a very special episode for you. Um, It's a very personal one and uh, I've been really feeling called to share more about my personal journey and I kind of wanted to connect narcissistic abuse and how we navigate our journey to belonging and I really feel like that is one of the key lessons that we learn through this type of experience. So before we get started, I also just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's reached out about the podcast, who's given me feedback and just for all of your support. Um, It really means a lot to me to know that, you know, the message that I'm sharing is reaching people and it's resonating with people and it's really helping them to have another perspective on, you know, the painful experiences that we have navigated. And you can actually find all of my podcast episodes on my website now as well, just to make it a little bit easier. So you can find them at www.afeelinglife.com forward slash podcast. And let's get into the episode. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about narcissistic abuse and our journey to belonging. And I just want to start this conversation with sharing a little bit about some personal experiences that I've had recently. One in particular uh, was watching the Tony Robbins documentary last night called I'm Not Your Guru. Now, this has been out for a couple of years and it was the second time that I've now watched this, um, but I was really feeling called to watch um, this powerful documentary. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend that you go away and watch it yourself. And I think it really helps provide provide some context behind, I guess, what motivates and inspires me to do the work that I now do with people and part of my personal transformation, I believe. So if you don't know much about Tony Robbins, he's a motivational, inspirational speaker. He travels all around the world. He's written best-selling books and has been in this personal development transformation world for decades. And part of his journey was navigating a really physically abusive mother. And he experienced this right up until um, he left home to go to college. And he really talks a lot about his experiences navigating that type of life with his mother and, you know, shared obviously kind of her reasons as to why she used, you know, physical violence to kind of, keep him feeling stuck in that, you know, in that home life. And what he kind of talks about is this idea that without his mother, he would never have had the opportunity or the drive or the hunger to really pursue what he has now pursued in his life. And I really was, you know, that's really was what's resonated with me because I think in my own life, I've always wondered where this insatiable hunger and drive and determination comes from. And I thought it would be really interesting for me to share that with you today. So a little bit about me. I was actually born in Germany, uh, moved to Australia when I was about six years old, Uh, came to Australia with my mum, my dad and my sister, and I really couldn't speak a word of English. And so I went into primary school and was more of the age of supposedly having to, you know, go into year two, but I um, ended up just naturally progressing by starting in year one and kind of learning the language and I just kind of 
stayed and progressed um, throughout my um, education that way. But um, what was really interesting was that I had a lot of support one-on-one uh, -on -one with another support teacher in the classroom, um, was really, I believe, nurtured academically so that I was able to succeed. And that really motivated me to keep learning. And I think that's, you know, where this, this commitment to lifelong learning really stems from, just having really great teachers and support around me to kind of make sure that I was able to succeed, um, especially, you know, the fact that I came from another country and wasn't able to speak the language when I first arrived. So that was really, really powerful. But I think one of the biggest struggles that I had throughout primary school and high school was that I was bullied a lot. And, you know, this, this went on from primary school, um, you know, then transitioned to a private school I went to and I actually left the primary school to get away from a bully. But uh, what actually happened was the bully followed me to the private school uh, and, you know, the bullying kind of became worse and worse over the two years that I was there before I then made the decision and, my, you know, parents obviously were part of that decision to um, help me leave that school and end up going to a public high school from year nine to 12. And, you know, academically, I was always really committed, hardworking, and really, really thrived in that structured environment. But like I said, one of the big things I struggled with was, was being bullied and never really feeling like I belonged anywhere. And when I went to the public high school, I ended up also really struggling there and was bullied for some time as well by some other people. And again, it was a really, really difficult time to navigate. And you know, in hindsight, obviously, I can now see how much that has helped me to become who I am and to be motivated and driven to be successful in life and to help other people. But I think also it was, you know, tr the, trying to understand this type of pain and suffering and why people bully other people, you know, like it was, a, you know, to be on the receiving end of something like that was really, really challenging. And you know, people took the bully side and, you know, I kind of wonder whether, you know, I experienced narcissistic abuse in those, you know, schools as well, whether those kids were actually, you know, sharing, you know, resembling some of these um, narcissistic personality disorder traits. So I like to use that as an example to remind you all that we don't end up just being in a relationship with a narcissist out of you know pure coincidence and that it just kind of happens to us I really believe there is a bigger deeper underlying reason why we attract people like this and again that was something that I experienced in childhood and experienced in school and so the more I've been able to connect the dots of you know what I've experienced and the pain and the the adversity that I've faced is just recognizing that it's just a pattern that's playing out over and over. And, you know, my last relationship really made me realise the dysfunction and the toxicity that I was playing out in these relationships. You know, as much as it is, it is the narcissist's fault as to what's playing out, it's also our fault, you know, and that, like I was saying, it's a bit of pill to swallow because, you know, we, we want to blame the other person because of what they have put us through. But on the other side of that, 
we actually co-create these type of experiences for ourselves. And we do so because I believe we are here to learn bigger lessons from them and to learn and grow and evolve. You know, but when we're in this type of experience, it is so painful, it's so confusing, it's, you know, it's causes massive anxiety and depression and we really don't know how to navigate that type of, you know, emotional turmoil. And I remember as a child always being really confused and, and I, I just remember being really a really reflective and sensitive child and just always thinking about the world, wanting to know how things worked and always wanting to understand why things happened the way they happened. And I think the more that I was in these experiences, the more that I became reflective and the more that I started to piece together who I was, what was playing out in front of me and, you know, what I was learning from the experience. While up until probably, you know, four years ago, I was really still very unconscious and very much in the patterns that were playing out. And so while I'd navigated up until that point a lot of my life reflecting and thinking about and learning from certain situations, I hadn't really gotten to the core of what I was experiencing. And the more that I've gone down this rabbit hole, the more that I have realised that at the end of the day, one of the biggest things that narcissistic abuse teaches us is learning to belong to ourselves you know it's this massive journey of you know seeking type you know these toxic type of people out to kind of rescue us and save us and you know I guess take away the pain that we've experienced in life and that makes us a really big magnet you know to these people and we're very very vulnerable and A lot of it stems from feeling alone, feeling isolated, feeling confused. And again, like I say, it, it stems from childhood. We, you know, may have grown up in environments where one of our parents was narcissistic, maybe they had a mental illness, maybe there was drug or alcohol abuse, maybe there was just emotional neglect, you know, maybe you were a really sensitive child and, you know, just didn't feel like your needs were really met and your feelings were invalidated, you know, you, you weren't validated for your experiences, you were constantly told that, you know, not to be emotional, not to cry, not to feel this, not to feel that and really almost gaslighting in the sense that, you know, don't don't feel how you feel and don't experience what you experience because, the adult in your life was basically saying you're the child you don't know what's really going on and and therefore listen to me but a big problem with that is that it teaches the child that what they're experiencing is not real or that it's not true and they start to invalidate and self-abandon so this self-abandonment is really what causes us loneliness and isolation because We've really rejected and isolated parts of ourself and we have, you know, let go of, of who we are. And part of narcissistic abuse is really looking at our shadow side and looking at, you know, all the good qualities of ourselves and all the bad things and 
you know, the shadow was really about the aspects of ourselves that we've rejected and abandoned. And a lot of that really stems from childhood because we, we had to abandon, we had to reject those parts of ourselves that the narcissist or the, you know, the, the adult in your life that was so critical and judgmental and controlling and manipulative that was, you know, saying to you, don't feel this, don't feel that, don't do this, don't do that. And we're such vulnerable, impressionable, you know, as children. And so a lot of damage is done in those years. So part of it is, you know, having love and compassion and empathy for yourself that that's what happened to you in childhood and to understand and recognize that, right? And once you've recognized and have awareness as an adult now, you can really tend to yourself and look after yourself in a way that you've never had before. And a lot of that is about the way that you relate to yourself. So a narcissist really is a mirror and a reflection to the way that we reflect, sorry, and relate to ourselves. We have this internal dialogue going constantly. You know, they say that we have about 65,000 thoughts a day and 95% of those thoughts are unconscious. So it's really about bringing to your awareness the things that you say to yourself on repeat over and over every single day. And when you can create more awareness, then you can start to change what you're saying and you can start to relate to yourself better. It's all about really being conscious and making choices about the way that you speak to yourself and the way in which you relate to yourself. And the more that we start to accept, you know, every aspect of ourselves and we are compassionate with ourselves when we're triggered and we react in ways that we know that we could react better to, right, then the more that we start to just foster a much healthier way of being with ourselves and relating to ourselves. And if you're like me who, you know, has navigated a lot of alone time in recent months, you may also struggle with this feeling like there's no one really out there supporting or understanding what you're going through. And it's really uncomfortable and it's something that I've really had to navigate myself recently. And the more that I just continue to cultivate and nourish the relationship that I have with myself, enjoy being alone, not having to feel like I need to be around people or have someone rescue me, the more that I just sit in that uncomfortableness, the more I start to accept it and stop resisting it and really enjoy time with myself. You may have heard this idea that the longest relationship that we will ever have in our life is the relationship that we have with ourselves. And that is powerful. As much as we want to work on cultivating amazing relationships with others, we really want to focus on the relationship that we have with ourselves. And it's recognizing, you know, what conditioning, what judgment, you know, what critical, you know, words were said to you as a child and how much of that did you take on from an adult that really wasn't yours. Now, what you have to remember as well, if you have a narcissistic parent and they're 
you know, they spent much of your childhood being very critical and judgmental and denying you of your emotional needs is that you would have internalized, you know, what they said. And when you can start to shift and understand that you've taken that on, but you know, that it's time to let that go, you're going to start to feel more at peace. And Unfortunately, what happens is that the narcissistic parent who puts and projects, you know, all of their insecurities and shame and guilt onto you, you know, the more we take that on, but what what it really is is that they've put it onto you. They've projected onto you. It's their stuff and not your stuff. So what's really helped me is to really look at exactly what I've taken on and is it my stuff? Is it stuff that I've said to myself? Or is it stuff that I've downloaded and taken on in childhood? And what's interesting is that I can look back at my life and see how I unconsciously sought out those ideas about myself in, in life, you know, in different experiences with friends, with school, with relationships, with, you know, jobs. And I realized that a lot of that stuff was never mine and by no means is it an easy process to let those things go but when you start to unravel those things that you know you've had on autopilot you know and just constantly replaying over and over in your mind the more that you can start to really take action claim back your personal power and make changes the only way that we can really rewire our brain and our thoughts is by replacing the old thoughts with new thoughts. And in order to do that, we need that self-awareness. So just coming back to this idea of belonging. It's really powerful when you ask yourself questions that you really find the answers within. And so I really want to bring this more into the podcast to help kind of frame and give you some yeah some sort of framework to be able to reflect upon where a lot of your thoughts and experiences come from so when was your earliest memory of these you know judgmental and critical thoughts you know and and look at well what actually are these critical and judgmental thoughts that I'm having of myself at the moment a great thing to do is actually journal and just write down what comes to mind. And what you'll find is that they'll just pop up in your head throughout different times of the day and they might come up in different experiences as well and maybe interactions with people. So it's not necessarily that you can always just find those thoughts and sit down and put pen to paper. They might pop up during the day. So you might want to carry a notebook with you and just jot them down as they come up. Or maybe you just want to enter them into your phone. Maybe you want to do an audio, you know, voice message message to yourself or just type it in your phone and start to really get a bit of a, you know, a record of the things that you're saying to yourself. And then once you've got those thoughts, you can start to actually find the original source of that belief or that thought. And what you'll find is that there may have been a particular moment or experience, 
um, you know, or a conversation you had with someone or, you know, something that happened in childhood, whether it was in school or with an adult or, you know, with your parents, where that belief or that thought came up. So what happens as children is we have experiences, right, and we have, you know, negative experiences and we have positive experiences. And what we what we do, regardless of whether they're positive or negative, we, we basically draw conclusions about who we are because as children we're learning about how to relate to the world, right, through our eyes, through our experiences. So if you had a, you know, if you had a relationship in school and the other person broke up with you, then you may have, you know, created the conclusion, well, I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough, um, you know, I'm there's something wrong with me. So what happens is then we take that belief on and we basically live from that place. So everything that we do is through the lens of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I'm not lovable enough, there must be something wrong with me. And we unconsciously seek out basically confirmation that that's who we are, right? And that is why a lot of us have certain experiences in life over and over and we start to see this pattern because it's about the way that we're relating to ourselves. So once you've, you know, identified the thoughts that you've had and you've been able to kind of source back to the original, you know, experience or time that you had this thought, then you're able to look at that experience from an adult's perspective. Again, adults see things very differently because, you know, we've grown up, we've fully developed, we've had life experience, we've got a different perspective and, you know, obviously our logical and rational mind can also explain things a little bit better. So what you can do now is really rationalise or look at from an adult's perspective of what actually happened in childhood and just, I guess, provide a little bit more context around what happened. And now the thing to be careful of is not to rationalise away or explain away why something happened and why you drew that conclusion and almost find yourself berating yourself for the fact that as a child you didn't see it like an adult. You know, that's really important that you don't do that. So there's really two parts. It's about having some understanding and some logic around it. But on the other side of that is actually acknowledging and feeling how you felt acknowledging that you know the inner child that the aspect of ourselves that will always be a child and just be there for yourself and for what you experienced and the more that you can start to do that again you start to cultivate a very different relationship with yourself and again that feeds into this idea of belonging because we're we're starting to heal and shift that self-abandonment right we're starting to come home to ourselves again. We're starting to feel more at ease with ourselves. We're starting to not be so much at war with ourselves that we actually start to cultivate this, you know, lightness and joy and gratitude and love. And for me, this last particular relationship that was so painful with a narcissist was really you know, it really broke me open and really, you know, my heart felt like it was shattered into a million pieces, but 
through the healing process, I, I, I put those pieces back together and it's almost like I actually created a whole new way of, you know, relating to myself, relating to other people and just being able to give love unconditionally, like give love, even though I'd experienced so much pain and hurt in my life, I now feel like I can just, I can see every type of person and I can just feel a lot of love and gratitude for them. And coming back to Tony Robbins, what I found so powerful about his documentary was, I guess, the way in which obviously they portrayed and like, you know, showed people's transformation. And I think that's what I just, what I've become addicted to is watching people have breakthroughs, have shifts and just release all of this baggage and all of this shit that they've been holding on to for years and suddenly they feel free and like they can do anything. And, you know, it was, yeah, it just gives me goosebumps just thinking about it um, and reflecting on this documentary because that's really what Tony is about. That's his mission and his motivation and his intention with his seminars. And I think that's what the human condition is, is, you know, having emotion, experiencing life through emotion. I think that's what gives us colour in life. I think without emotion there would be a lot of black and white and grey and there wouldn't be the fullness of life that we can experience. So, you know, I think we can have a better experience of life and a better quality of life when we can relate to ourselves better, when we get ourselves out of narcissistic abuse and when we can start to feel like we belong with ourselves, you know, to ourselves. And, you know, I'm definitely going to um, share more about my journey as I go along, but what's really interesting is to see how, you know, as my internal reality shifts and changes and as I, you know, nav continue to navigate my experiences, the more that I see the the shifts externally too in terms of the work that I do, the people that I surround myself and, you know, just that, that love and gratitude and joy that I can feel even with the little things. I think that really is what makes life unique and exciting and gives us this potential. So I hope that really gives you some insight into this idea of, you know, coming home to ourselves and our journey to really belonging. I think it's within our human nature to want to belong and be part of something, you know, whether that's in a community, in a religion, um, you know, in, in, in the work that you do. Uh, and certainly in family and unfortunately for some of us, you know, our family dynamic just isn't a supportive environment to basically, you know, have that. So the more that you start to focus on yourself, because that's what I want you to remember is to really focus on you and I feel like everything else will unfold from there. It's something that I definitely have felt myself and I've seen and, you know, as this plays out more and more for me I will definitely share more with you but just trust the process trust the journey and you know I just want to remind you that as painful and as difficult as this journey is I think when we can really have a growth mindset when we can really think about the potential of who we could become and really let go of all these things that have been holding us back 
and understanding that narcissistic abuse was really that vehicle to accelerate and propel us forward into that life, into that person who we're meant to be, the more that we're actually really living out the lessons that we were meant to learn from the pain and the suffering. You know, we channel that and navigate through that pain and we, we just shift our life in a whole new direction that we would never have been able to do without narcissistic abuse. As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts and I look forward to sharing more with you. Um, like I said, please feel free to reach out. Um, you can find me on social media at A Feeling Life or on my website. You can leave me a comment, share with me what you really, you know, got out of this episode and what resonated for you. And if you have any ideas for things that you're struggling with or would like help with in the future, um, I definitely am always looking for different topics to cover. And I'm really excited because in the next few episodes, um, I'll be sharing um, some interviews with guests, um, guests on the show. And I, I feel like that's really going to help you get a new perspective as well and see how different type of people have navigated their experiences and been able to shift and move through it in their own way. Until next time. Bye.